Hello, welcome to the Grace Life Podcast. The message you're about to hear, if diligently applied, will absolutely change your life. We're praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, thereby allowing the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Now let's join the service already in progress with Pastor West. you see inwardly or will you die a dreamer will you die on the verge and on the edge and in the land of coulda woulda and shoulda do you have the courage I'm I'm gonna drop something on you it takes courage to be successful it is far easier not to be successful have company. Success breeds contempt. If you don't want to make waves, be mediocre. Be normal and fit in. And if you're more concerned about people than you are God, then neutralize everything he put in you. Just fit in with everybody else. Dress like them, walk like them, act like them, eat like them, go where they go, think like they think, do what they do. And once you've neutralized your uniqueness, you don't need courage. It takes courage to be different. It takes courage to go where you've never gone before. For some of you, it took courage to come to this conference. It takes courage to get you outside of the bar. It takes courage to be successful. It takes courage to win. People don't talk about people that don't win. If you win, they're going to talk about you. Do you have the courage to stand there though the storms keep raging and the people get to talking and you stand there and say, I've come too far to turn around? Do you have the courage? I'm going I'm to say something to you. It takes courage to be exceptional. It takes courage to be wise. It takes courage to be rich. It takes courage to be educated. It takes courage to be knowledgeable. Because the moment you do, you, you don't talk like, oh, you don't got, forgot where you came from. Look at you, you talk to you. It takes courage! And I'm just wondering, in this weak, watered-down, mediocre society that we live in today, in this reality TV world we live in today, I'm wondering if there's anybody left that's got the courage to say, after all I've been through, and all my ancestors have been through, and all my parents have been through, I didn't come through all of that just to fit in with normalcy. I have the courage to go after my dream. Is there one left in this entire Coliseum that's got some courage? into, but I'm breaking into somebody's prayer, saying, Lord, why do I keep going through the same things over and over again? I go to church now, I tithe now, I shout now, I leave now, and the Lord sent me here to tell you, it's no problem with your sentence, the problem is with your 
your default. Until you change your default, you will always go back to being who you were before because you have never changed your mind. The devil can't do just anything to you. People can't do just anything to you. Life can't do just anything to you. I don't care how little you are. There is nothing as powerful as a change. Slap somebody and tell them I changed my mind. As long as you're programming with what you can't do and what you can't be and what you can't have, you will never get up. But I dare you to go into your phone booth like Clark Kent and spin around and come out Superman and say, wait a minute, I'm better than this. I'm getting ready to change my default setting. I will not die crackhead. I will not let you abuse me. I will not stay. There is nothing as powerful prodigal son was in the hog pen, surrounded by the swine, about to eat that that the pigs ate, and all of a sudden the Bible said he came to himself. He didn't change his clothes. He didn't change anything else. All he did was change his mind. The pigs couldn't hold him. The pig couldn't hold him. The disgrace couldn't hold him. The embarrassment couldn't hold him. I dare you to save your power to change mind. Praise God. You know, T.D. Jakes can preach, can he? Praise God. Well, our president has declared this day a national day of prayer. So let's pray. Father, we just bless you. We give all praise and honor and glory to you. You are God and there is none other. You have made the heaven and you have made the earth. We are here this morning to glorify, to exalt and to magnify you. We thank you, Lord, that we've been made in your image and we've been made in your likeness. You've given us authority. You have given us dominion. You have given us power over this things of this earth. We thank you, Father God, that you're name is above every name, that the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess, every sickness and every disease must bow its knee to the name of Jesus. We are the healed of the Lord. Well, we're glad that you're here. If you're joining us by Facebook, glad that you're here. And I just want to say it this way, uh, declaring this on March the 6th, 2020. Um, I don't want to spend my time talking about the coronavirus today, but I know it's out there. I'm a little bit tired hearing about it. So I'm not going to preach about that a whole lot today, but I will say it this way. Our church building, we understand, you know, people say, well, you could be on both sides and just say, well, you know, you shouldn't just fear. No, we don't have a spirit of fear. Amen. But at the same time, you know, people say, well, <clears throat> but, you know, I, I'm not going to go to every Walmart in the county and look the door handles and, lip, and stick, put my, <laughs> and use my tongue like a mop on the floor to prove a point. That'd just be stupid, wouldn't it? But I want you to know this. Uh, this building has been has been uh, sanitized. Our members have been sanctified. We don't have to be terrified. Today's Jesus name will be magnified. will be glorified. The body of Christ will be edified. Therefore, therefore, this will leave the enemy victimized, terrorized, paralyzed and found guilty in his lives. Now on to our lesson. <laughs> We're in a series. Does anyone know what it is? 
We had a skip last week. We had a guest minister, but removing boundaries and limitations. Removing boundaries and re re uh, removing limitations. Praise God. I want to go back and just do just a small, small part of the view. All these are on Facebook. Um, I don't know that I wouldn't think that you're quite as aware of uh, all of them together, but I know that they all tie together because I'm the one who studied for them, put them together. So I, I have them in a sequence on purpose. And the last time we talked, we talked about removing limitations and the power of godly emotions and the power of ungodly emotions. You know, God gave us our emotions, didn't he? And thank God he gave them to us to, to be a blessing to us. But if they're, if they're misused, when they're misunderstood, and if we, <clears throat> we, we access the wrong information, the enemy will use your emotions as a weapon against you, right? And so they're so powerful because uh, <clears throat> they're, 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 part, they're part of the soul. The, 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 your emotions are the biggest part of your soul. In that we experience happiness, we experience, but we can also experience grief. We can have, you know, sorrow and we can have, we can have great joy. And so uh, we don't want to be like Paul said to him. He says, you know, you, you're, you're like mere men, He's, which means you're like unchanged people. And, um, and they were fussing and then they were fighting and they were arguing about who they like best as a preacher. And he said, oh, that's unspiritual. Well, <clears throat> he said, I'm nothing and Paulus is nothing, but God's something and God gives the increase. So <clears throat> we want to make sure that, that we are controlling our emotions and our emotions are not controlling us. And so all, like I said, all these teachings are on Facebook or SoundCloud, however you, however you get it, and, um, and I believe they'll be a blessing to you. So we're going to go on with number seven, removing boundaries, and number seven, limitations. Today is going to be a little bit different uh, in one sense uh, because y'all are a sharp crowd. I would say, man, if I was you. I didn't call you a dud, so if someone calls you sharp, you ought to at least agree with that. Hallelujah. Y'all are a sharp group of people. Amen. Amen. And so uh, uh, we was watching something a couple weeks ago. We were watching uh, on a Wednesday night before our service. We had Curry Blake, and he was teaching some things uh, to us. Uh, Curry was, we had a short service because we were having our birthday celebrations. So we came out of our regular uh, teaching on the uh, DHT manual. And he was, um, for those of you who here, you'll remember that Curry had someone stand next to him. And he uh, had a definition. He was reading out of the dictionary that has something to do with science. And um, so they were reading the true definition. And the guy was repeating a few words. Then Curry, how many of y'all remember this? Curry would repeat what the guy said. Then he'd read two or three more words. Another sentence, and Curry would repeat that. And he did all that on purpose just to say, I don't even have to know that or even understand that. But as long as that's true and I can process the information that I can take what's true and it be the truth. You, you know, there's a lot of things in the scriptures that we believe because how many of y'all are Bible believers? Amen. That's all of us, right? Amen. But do we really understand how the word works in every scripture? Well, we don't. I mean, uh, for me, uh, I mean, I could use any one bills right there. Bill has great understanding how, you know, <clears throat> all I know is when I turn the key and it cranks, I'm off going doing what I want to do. And when it doesn't go, goes click, click. Uh, I check the battery cables and the battery. And beyond that, I'm stuck. Make sure it's got gas. 
but there's <clears throat> there can be more mechanical problems, I think, than just loose battery cables. Is that true? You could have more than that. So, <clears throat> but I don't have to understand how the automobile works that when you put the key in, you turn the ignition. I don't understand the mechanical part of what all is taking place and the synchronization of all those parts that causes that engine to produce and do what it does. And, I, and he would have a great understanding of that. Well, I don't understand. <clears throat> I don't understand a lot of things about God, but I believe anyway. <clears throat> in the most simplest terms, the Bible says God has always been. Do you, can you, can you understand that? You know, kids get a look to a certain age and they say, well, when, when's his birthday? I said, who, the, God's birthday? How old is he? When did he begin? Someone said years ago, well, Genesis 1 tells you in the beginning. Well, that's not when God began. The beginning came out of God. Without God, there was no beginning. So God always was. And Jesus always was, and the Holy Spirit always was. You say, was before what? Was, was before that. And he was before that, and he was before that. Now, can you understand that? Is there any way that we could power storm today? We'll just stay here ordering some pizza, and we'll, and we'll figure this out by this afternoon. <laughs> Is that possible? But how many believe that God's always, well, has been, always was, and always will be? Amen. So we just accept that. And then we use, we use our natural faith all the time. How many of you ever flown in an, in an airline before and, and you didn't know the pilot? Personally. How many of you got on a plane and you didn't even see the pilot? I mean, I always said this way. So we use natural faith all the time. Jesus preached to people who had natural faith, right? They hadn't been born again. They had natural faith. So we use natural faith all the time. Using natural faith, you came sitting in a chair. How do you know? I didn't come in here to pull a prank on you, kind of halfway saw it off, and, you know, and I'm just like, <laughs> about the middle of the service. You know, the legs break out from under you. Well, I, no, I didn't do that. Don't check, you, don't, don't check the legs. But we use natural faith all the time. You go to a restaurant, you use a salt shaker. You, do, you don't check to see if it's screwed on really good. Now, you might, you might have been when using grade school, because I had some friends do that all the time. I don't think we're actually friends, but anyway. But we get on a plane, we, we let someone take us 30,000 feet in there, we don't even know them. How do we know that that's a professional pilot that's up there flying it? Or it could be some, I, I always say, it could be some baboon smoking marijuana up in the, in, in the, in the pit, and we don't even know who it is. Right? So we use natural faith all the time. So what will be different about today, I don't think I've ever done this. I want to minister a little bit going forward. This is number seven of removing boundary and removing limitations. I don't have time to go back and say what I said for six weeks. But it's on Facebook. It's on SoundCloud. So we're into the emotional part. But I'm going to get to a certain part that I want to talk to the scientific part of this. Now, the purpose for this is what the scripture told us to do, the fivefold ministry, you know, the, the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and so on and so on, the evangelist, is supposed to what? It's supposed to equip the body to do the work Amen. of the ministry, right? Amen. So my job is to equip you and to give you the tools to do what you've been called to do, right? My job is not to know everything I can know and be a miracle man so that when you meet people, you come bringing to me. Well, it don't work that way. 
And if it did work that way, it'll only work until my, till the, my last day on the earth, and then that'll be over. That's what's happened through the years. That's where we got the God's generals. So we thank, we're thankful for people like William Seymour of Azusa Street. We're thankful you know, for people like Oral Roberts and Maria Woodworth Adder and all these people that God, Catherine Kuhlman, and uh, that God has used in, in mighty ways to bring miracles and healings to, to generations. But it, I don't think it was ever God's idea was to put all that in an individual and then we just go to the individual because then we've got to go search out the individual and we need something. Thank God it's available to us. So thank God for he, I believe he still does miracles. But did you know, and, and don't take offense to this, but miracle is not the best way to get it. I, I'll be honest, I have, you know, I, I remember I've been, we've been married 200, no, I mean, I, 37 years in April. But, but I, I, I remember in this, I mean, they t- I, we were told all we needed to live on was love. <laughs> that worked for a little bit. Then we then we find out we're gonna need some Listerine and some toothpaste. And then that someone said, you know, two can live cheaper than one. That's the biggest lie that ever came, one of the biggest lies that ever came out of the pit of hell. Two can't live cheaper than one because I never needed no lipstick, no rouge, no eyeliner. I didn't need nothing monthly and all that kind of you know, and, and, and when I went around the drive-thru and ordered something. I just ordered what I wanted, one combo. But I found out she wanted some too. <laughs> Two cheaper, cheaper than one. That's a lie. <laughs> I mean, we, we've had four children. We didn't plan any of them. They just showed up. It took us till after three to figure out how, how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. The, the last one came while I was in Bible school, working part time, making you know twenty something years ago, but making six dollars something an hour. That was a great time. Tablet shop. I already had three, and you got one coming, and you're in Bible school. Uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, making six dollars and thirty two cents an hour. Oh, that's a wonderful time to plant a child. Hallelujah! But it worked out marvelously. So my point is this: God's best is not to take you from miracle to miracle. But he wants to bring you into a life of blessing. Because what I find out is sometimes when you get miracle groceries, you get just enough groceries. Or you get miracle light bill money and it's just enough to keep the power company from from turning your power off. Right? But when you're in the blessing, see, you're living in overflow. And then when you're in the overflow, you can flow into somebody else's life and you can stop tragedy in their life. Blessing will stop the need for a miracle. Now, we're not against miracles. You understand that? So, so just try, try to understand that. that. That's not my lesson. But we're talking about removing boundaries. And so <clears throat> we're to the place where we've been talking about emotions. So just we'll, uh, real quickly, because i got some things I want to cover. So if we don't have control over our emotions and feelings, then you're going to struggle with all type of things. You're going to struggle with your actions, and you're going to struggle, struggle with your behavior. Because you don't have control over your thoughts. Don't have control over your thoughts. And not having control over your thoughts means you will not be able to control what you believe. Hmm? How many know men and women are different? Hmm? I mean, there's just things I didn't understand. And there's some things I still don't understand. 
I've never written a book. And I've said this many times, but one day I'm going to write a book and it's going to be the bestseller. Now, what's going to sell it is going to be the cover. I ain't got the cover yet, but it's going to be awesome. It's going to be hardback. It's going to be about, it's going to be 236 pages. And the cover is going to sell it. And it's going to be everything that I've learned about women. And you're going to open it up and it's going to be 232 blank pages. But the cover is going to be awesome. <laughs> awesome. Amen. Because I would just ask my wife, you know, and when she we got married, I just look at her and she'd be crying. I said, what you crying about? She said, nothing. You, you, you know what that means to a man? Look here. If we're crying, we know why. There's usually a reason. I was working with a wrench and I slipped and busted my knuckles off and I'm bleeding like this or I mashed my toe or something like that. It hurts. But she was just crying and she told me it felt good. I'm thinking... You're crying. I mean, I, I compute crying with your hurt, right? There's a, there's a major problem. It's so bad that I've, I've come into tears. And she says, I, I, I just need time to go off and cry. She says, it's, a, it's an awesome thing. And I, I said, well, I, I, I'm going to go play some pool with my buddies I, and, and give you that time. <laughs> See, a man, a man thinks logical. So we're, we just want to help you, right? We do that by, so it's kind of like we do, we do it mechanically. It's like we, if, you, if you have a problem, just tell me what it is because I'm here to fix you. So it's like putting everything on the rack and I'm going to get my tools out and start working on them and get that, huh? So an older, an older man told me, now this is not in your Bible, so this is, I mean, don't, don't put this down as God said he said, now the reason why women cry so much, he said, he said their tears are, atta- are attached to their bladder. They're tear ducts. And if you quit drinking so much, I said, well, uh, that didn't seem to work either. But I dealt with some things, you know, about a year or so ago, you know, in, in, a, in a physical way that went on and it got pretty severe. It was my first my first introduction into emotions to that level because of uh, just pain, pain. And if someone gets in enough trouble, quick enough and long enough, it will affect your emotions. It will. And if those emotions rule you, you're going to get in trouble. I was with a, um, talking to a doctor the other day, and he said one of my patients and we used to talk about all this going on with the virus and all the talk. And well, you, you know what's worse than the virus? is the fear of it. And what is the fear of? Death. <clears throat> but I was reading, I was in one of those little, you ever seen one of them little calculators that shows our national debt second by second? I mean, it's amazing. And our government prints money, you know, just to pay the debt. Now, now they can go print money to pay the debt. But what happens if you and I go print money? <laughs> we go to jail, <laughs> right? Right. So <clears throat> you can't find any toilet paper to buy. Water's off the shelf. You can't even find chicken. That's God's most anointed bird. The, the, the me. I mean, <laughs> now what's driving that? Fear. 
Fear is driving that. But God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a what? Sound mind. So these are people who don't have a sound mind. So, so, so they're afraid. Well, we know that God said, I've never counted them, but someone said the word fear not is in the Bible 365 times. So that's one for every day of the year. Right? Fear not. First John said there's no fear in love because fear has torment and God is not a tormentor. Amen? So we was, I was showing Matt before the service. I said, look at this meter right here. I said, now, this meter represents how many abortions have taken place since January 1st of this year. And, it, it, I mean, it, and it's, it's a constant meter. So uh, in the world so far since January 1st, this is March the 15th, there's 8,500,000 8, and something thousand. So uh, we will, there'll be 40 to 50 million abortions this year. And uh, so I was timing the counter and there's two, pa- two children aborted every second. All, while we're here, there'll be thousands of, of children that will be aborted around the world. There, and there was chicken on the shelf last week. Hmm. But see how we get desensitized to things? Now, th- now this is fear of death. So, <clears throat> but God didn't give us that spirit of fear. So, <clears throat> wrong thoughts will always produce unhealthy emotions, which leads to toxic thoughts, feeling you can feel guilt, you can feel shame, you can feel condemnation, you can feel fear because of wrong thinking. And uh, producing wrong choices. So what we believe is critical. Wrong believing is the trigger that starts you on the path of defeat. And it will entrap you and it will enslave you until it has made you its captive. Now here's the good news. We can break that cycle of defeat. Because the power of truth, Jesus said, will set you free, didn't he? And Satan has no weapon, say no weapon, weapon. to overcome the truth of God's word. So we are the body of Christ and Jesus is the head and we are the body. That's the the book of Ephesians, right? Jesus is the head of the church. We're the body of the church. So just Paul uses an analogy of a body, him being the head, we being the body. And what's what's the lowest part of our body? Our feet. So even if you were the smallest toe or the toenail of the body, you'd still be far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every spiritual wickedness and everything that's named. Even if you was the small toe, you'd still be far above all of his power. Can you say amen? amen. Now, I want to, uh, and we're going to put some things up on the screen. And I said, this is something I hardly ever do. But uh, when we get into the seminar of how to deal with and how to minister in the area of uh, um, we're doing the Divine Healing Technicians Seminar now. But when we get into the one where we get into uh, the mind renewal, then a lot of this is covered in here. Uh, This is some information that I came across from a a lady doctor from South Africa. She's uh, from Zimbabwe, actually. And she has pulled together her information and she's pulled together uh, ministers and 
and scientists and, you know, the one that uh, we know so much about now is you know, Dr. Caroline Leaf, right? Dr. Caroline Leaf is a neuroscientist, and she's been on many Christian talk shows. Brother Copeland's had her on brother t- uh, several times. She is a Christian. A lot of times you don't, you know, when you have people who are scientists, um, some of them say, well, they're agnostic or they just, or they're atheists, whatever. She says, God created science. She says, <clears throat> she says, I, I knew God before science. And she said, I know God even better now through science. The reason I want to cover this and not to make it so much in the classroom setting, but I want you to get a picture of what's happening so that when you read scriptures, now I'm going to tell you something personal for me. So when I dealt with what I dealt with, um, and because of certain things they saw, they, they wanted to test certain things that they said, well, uh, this could indicate this, this could indicate that. So we're going to put you a series to test of this because this looks like it could be bone cancer. This looks like it could be multiple cirrhosis. It looks like it could be this. It looks like it could be that. Well, in 2017, I just asked the Lord, what is this? And you have to know whether you hear from God or not. Oh, it was subtle. It wasn't a, it wasn't a booming authoritative voice. And we talked about this, Michelle, another day. So I wrote down. In 2017, what he told me, he said, uh, what's, what's happening right now is not unto death. He says, this is, he says, the root of this. You know, in other words, I had some spinal damage, and, and they said it's an old injury. I said, well, then it happened when I was 17. And they said, well, you know, things, parts just wear out over the years. But we think other things are driving this too. So they checked me for bone cancer and all that, and they all came up with nothing. And uh, so here's the deal. So the Lord said, he says, the root of all this is toxic thoughts. Toxic thoughts. Now, here's what medical science knows. Now, Dr. Caroline Leaf, she's, she's a neuroscientist who studied the brain for 25 years. Her and many scientists knows this. Now, this is, uh, and I have her books. Any of y'all have any of her books? She's a very... Smart individual. Is she British? Uh, I can't remember. Or is she from South Africa? I can't remember. But she talks. She's not from Alabama. <laughs> I knew that when I heard. She, talk, she talks faster than I can think. So I found out when I listened to her now, if I got on my iPad, I found out on my iPad you got this place where you can control the speed. Uh, <clears throat> how many of y'all, some of y'all aren't old enough, remember, you, uh, you remember albums, records, vinyl? And the little ones, you know, there was the 45 or 78s. And if you want to have fun, you could, you could put it down on the drag. You, you remember that? So I can do something like that on my iPad. So when I listen to her, I, I take her from being British, a talking fast and British woman, scientist, and I take her down to sounding like she's Mississippi or Alabama. And she'll say, what's happening now with your brain? Because, <laughs> like, I mean, she's, she's just wide open. So if you don't get any information, what good does it do, right? <clears throat> so and I, 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 I'm, I'm going to try to hurry because I, I don't want to lose you today, but I think this is vitally important. I want to go from point to point, but I'm going to move as fast as I can. I don't want to be like a, a fat man in a barbed wire fence getting stuck between point to point. I want to move on a little bit faster than that. So, uh, but here's what it says. So this woman who's taking her material, 
she kind of says it in more simplistic terms. She's been given the rights by Caroline Leaf to do this. And uh, she says that the latest cutting medical research has made a startling discovery. I'm, I'm simply reading this to you. 87% of all diseases are a result of what's going on in your thought life. Amen. I'm, she said, I'm using the most conservative statistics given by Dr. Caroline Leaf, which is 87%. However, in future publications, you're going to see that this figure is now going to come up to 95% of all diseases that people have in the world is in your thought life because of your brain. Now, in our, in our research, in our series, we talk about how to remove boundaries. We've used four or five times. Romans 12 is our golden text, you might say, is about renewing the mind. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Uh, what I just showed you, the clip before we started by T.D. Jakes, the last one, he, he was talking about the power of a what? Of a changed mind. So all that was, of course, on purpose that I did that. So <clears throat> she says, when people say it's all in your head, you ever heard that, you ever heard that phrase? Ah, it's all just all in your head. She said, uh, they may be meaning something negative or derogatory, but actually uh, it could not be more accurate. What has been shown in research on the brain is that everything that goes into your thought life gets converted into a physical reaction. A massive body of research has shown that the mind-body connection is real. What we think affects us emotionally, intellectually, and physically. For every thought that you meditate on, there is a physical reaction in your body in the form of electrical current traveling along or through the nerves in your brain and then the production of various hormones and chemicals that flow throughout your entire body in response to your thoughts. What you think affects your whole body, your endocrine system, hormones, your nervous system, your immune system, your gas Trastostomal system, blood vessels, bones, and muscles are all directly affected by the thoughts that you meditate on long term. Every time you meditate on a thought, here's what's happening in your brain, and then it affects your body. That's the only reason I'm doing this. Uh, I hate to reveal my ignorance here, but I asked a doctor the other day because he was I was there, and he was—he has uh, two people in his family that had died from. Uh, well, one has died, and one's—he says my wife's mother's near death. And I said they, and he said they're dying of uh, Alzheimer's or dementia. And I hate to re reveal my ignorance here, and I said, well, I—I I know what happens with patients and been with people, and you know, we've had presidents, President Reagan, he died with dementia, and uh, when he gets into the final stages, they don't even know who they are, do they? much less their family. I mean, it, it's a terrible disease, right? I said, but doctor, how, how, how do you, how does someone actually die from, from that? I mean, I understand, you know, the, some the symptoms of the, you know, a terrible thing that they, they don't even know who they are. They forget their family and, and all that. He says, because the brain controls everything. So in other words, when the brain loses the ability to think and, and to, he says what it does, it no longer can send the chemicals the kidney needs. It can no longer send the heart what it needs. 
So the brain shuts down, so then the body begins to shut down. He said, but it's all because of the brain. Now, the reason I'm, I'm spending some time to do this, there are scriptures that we know of very well, like Proverbs 23, 7, and we'll quote it, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, why is that? So all the scriptures I was given over a year ago for myself personally is in this article and tells me why they work scientifically in my body. Because if your brain is getting the wrong if you're meditating, thinking on the wrong things, and your brain gets the wrong information, it takes that and turns it in, and it sends the wrong, what you say, chemicals to the body and causes this to happen in your body and this to happen to your body and this to happen to your body and produces all type of sickness, symptoms, disease, pressure, and all kinds of things. Is this okay that we do this? So she said every time you meditate on the thought, it's actively changing your brain and your body in a good or destructive way. If you bring every thought into captivity unto the obedience of Christ, which is 2 Corinthians 10, 5, you are meditating on whatever is true, pure, lovely, of a good report, and praise. That's Philippians 4, 8, right? See, I want you to get the scripture in this. I didn't come here to talk to you about science. This, but here's the scripture, behind, here's the science behind the scripture. Your brain converts these thoughts into a reaction that's going to go to produce health in your body. This is exactly what the word says, Proverbs 7, 20, 22. A happy heart is good medicine. Now, why would God say that? Do he just want to have a positive statement? Or is it, could it be that a happy heart is good medicine? And a cheerful mind, he said, works healing. A thought can seem harmless, but if it becomes toxic, even just a thought can become spiritually, emotionally, and physically dangerous. When you start listening to toxic thoughts of anxiety, fear, self-hatred, self-condemnation, rejection, anger, rage, bitterness, forgiveness, jealousy, etc., etc., your body will now secrete chemicals and hormones in response to those spiritual attacks that will be contraproductive to your health and your peace. Your brain is covering the thoughts into a physical reaction that is leading to now a development of disease in your body. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even if your soul prospers. We know after studying the brain that we have received a tremendous revelation from the scripture. Here's what happens. Basically, your soul consists of what? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. We know that. Second Thessalonians. I'll be explaining later in more detail how the brain works and how thoughts form. You will learn that your mind is physically in your brain. <clears throat> so what we come to know, didn't know this, but we know now that your mind is not your brain and your brain is not your mind. But your mind is in your brain. Now there is an area in your brain that has been discovered, which is your free will. We're going to put a graphic up here in a few minutes about that. Not now, but I will give you, I'll show you a diagram of where your free will actually is in your brain. <clears throat> and my mother used to know how to change that. She didn't know about all the science. <laughs> 
But she had sticks or whatever it took. I need this button sold on later, praise the Lord. Uh, <laughs> my, my mother had a quicker method how to change the brain into her way of thinking. Yeah. <clears throat> so she says, uh, uh, it says, it's in the area of your brain where you choose whether to meditate or thought or, or to disregard something. Second Corinthians 10, 5, so your free will is physically part of your mind and your emotions are part of your thoughts. If your thoughts are positive and your thoughts are godly, we now know that your emotions will be the same. If your thoughts are negative and sinful, we now know that your emotions will be the same. The point is your will and your emotions are a part of your mind. Therefore, from a medical standpoint, I can use the word mind and soul interchangeably because they mean the same thing. Here's what you need to know. Whatever is going on in your thought life, your mind, your brain will convert that into a physical reaction. So the message 3 John 2 is, to the extent that your mind and soul prospers, so your body and health prospers, in other words. The quality of life and health is brought about by the quality of your thinking. So the question she has here, and I've said this before, do you ever think about what you think about? Remember, uh, real quickly, and I don't want to take too much time here, uh, two, three weeks ago in this, in, in this series, I was talking about um, they, were, they took 10 people who needed knee surgery. And uh, can you remember that story? Some of you don't remember it. But they, they got together with some families, and they said, we want to do a study if you agree to it. And they said, we're not. We, we want to do a study in all 10 patients. I don't know what the knee, whatever they had to do, but they had to have a corrective surgery in their knee. And everyone needed the exact same surgery, had to do with some problem with the bone. And, uh, and they said, so eight families agreed to let their family member think they were having the surgery. And everyone needed the same exact surgery. So, <clears throat> so they told every one of them, uh, we're going to go in. This is going to take us about two or three hours. And we're going to put a, in four incisions, two here, two there. So you have total four incisions. Each, each incision be about a half inch, and we'll go and do the, do the surgery. And um, it'll take about you know two or three weeks to, to recover, and everything will be fine. So they all went in, and they put them all, all to sleep. Two of them had the actual surgery. The other eight, the family knew, but the, but the patient didn't know, did not have the surgery. But when they woke up, uh, they could see the incision. And so the doctor told every one of them, we had no complications, the surgery was fine. And they said, well, so they said, no, every, everything went just exactly, nothing to worry about, no problem. True story, documented. So uh, everyone uh, in two or three, well, they recovered. Uh, the two that had the surgery had no problems. The eighth that thought they had the surgery, one of them was no better, and the other seven totally recovered. They did before and after x-rays, of course, and the seven that didn't have the surgery who thought they did the bone grew and fixed itself with no surgery because they thought 
they had the surgery. So I'm going to go to bed tonight and, and believing that I went to the dentist today. <laughs> I do my own t- test study. Praise the Lord. But isn't that powerful? Yeah. The, 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 the power of the mind. Now, this gets more, more interesting, and I, and I hope it's okay with y'all. She says, your life is the expression of your thoughts. That's why the Bible says that you have to guard your heart, for out of your heart flows the issues of life. That's 2 Corinthians 4, which is one of the scriptures that I've kept in my life all during this time. Uh, Matthew 12, verse 34, says, uh, also supports that. So she says, if your thought life is a mess, your life and health will also be a mess. The devil deceives people into thinking that the source of their misery and problem is due to what's going on around them or their circumstances. But it's actually due to what's going on inside of your thought life. If your thoughts are positive and godly, your, your life will prosper and you will enjoy good health. You prosper and be in health as your soul, mind, and will and emotions prosper. You're going to come. Uh, she said, you're going to go. You're going to become what you think. Proverbs 23, 7. As a man thinks in his heart, so does he become. This scripture alone is the indication of how vital it is and how careful about what we need to be about what we think. Your thoughts are powerful. They have creative ability. They are shaping your life. We tend to be complacent about something we, that we don't realize how important it is to pay attention to. It is essential that you realize that your life will not be sorted out until your mind is sorted out. Joyce Meyer says, for the believer, right thinking is a vital necessity, just as the heart or oxygen is vital to the body. A vital necessity is something so important that one simply can't live without it. Joyce Meyer said this, you cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. Y'all agree with that? Amen. Amen. You know, if you eat a dill pickle, it, it just won't taste sweet. It don't work that way. So I'm going to change it. Well, have you ever tried to undeal a deal pickle? <laughs> you got your work cut out for you. So Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, is impacting your life. As you think in your heart, so do you and will become. What you think is what you get, for better or worse. It's entirely up to you. Therefore, if you want to change your life, and if you're not happy with the state of your health, you've got to change your thinking. Satan knows that the mind-body connection is real. He knows that if he can manage to control your thought life, and he can control your emotions, he can control your body chemistry, and he can cause diseases. In the past 20 years, the scientific community did not understand the link between our thoughts and the effect on the body. The common belief that was when the brain is damaged, it can't be repaired. It was assumed, listen to this, it's assumed that we were born with a present, a preset level of intelligence and the brain deteriorates with age. You think most people thought that as you get older? It was also thought that your fate is determined by your genes. These are incorrect con- uh, conclusions that are not based on how the brain functions made the horizon of hope seem dim. With correct use, your brain 
becomes more and more efficient as you become older. However, if you don't use your brain, you will not improve as your age, which is unnatural. Your brain is designed in such a way that it naturally becomes more brilliant the more that you use it. Dr. Leaf told the story of a man who was 80 years old. He was a pilot. He was forced to retire from flying because his eyesight had deteriorated. He decided to go back to university and study again, and he became a chartered accountant. At 84, he qualified as a chartered accountant, and he went to work on his new job. This is what we all should be doing. You must not retire. You must refire. The more you stimulate your brain, the more you develop your thinking skills, the more sophisticated your brain is going to become, and there's no limit to what your potential could be. Many people have been misled to believe that intelligence is something that you're born with, that you have either the ability to be clever or that you don't. They believe that intelligence has already been fixed, that it's preset and it's not going to improve. However, I have good news for you. Your intelligence develops according to how you determine it to develop. Your brain is dynamic and goes hand in hand with learning how to use your brain correctly. It is something that develops through your entire lifetime. The more you use your brain, the more you think properly and the more intelligent you become. You will improve the, import, the performance of your brain by 35 to 75% if you learn how to think correctly. Medical research has now shown the more intelligent you become, the healthier you become. Now we're getting ready to put up a, uh, something here in just a moment to give you a picture. What is the memory? Your brain is made up of nerves. Each nerve looks like a tree. So we're ready whenever you, you're there. So this is Dr. Caroline Lee's material. So you, you can see it looks like a tree, right? Can y'all see that okay? Yeah. Are y'all okay with this? Your brain's made up of nerves. Each nerve looks like a tree. It has a trunk called an axon and branches called uh, dendrites or dendrites. You are taking in information from the information around you all the time through your five senses. As you are reading even this book, you could be sitting in a comfortable chair with your favorite music playing in the background, a cool breeze, fresh metal rain, how about some sunshine for a while? Maybe gently blowing through an open window as you enjoy a bar of chocolate. Now, y'all hang on. We'll go out and just we'll be through a few minutes. <laughs> if you are in this ideal setting, information from all these five senses, what you're seeing and hearing and touching and smelling and tasting is being processed and stored in this information by building branches on the nerves in your brain, those branches. That's what, this is what's happening when you're doing this. A new branch is made for every new piece of information. Now, proteins are made up, and however, a new day is dawning in, in brain science. Here's what is exciting, that the discoveries of the latest cutting-edge research line up with all the principles of God's Word. I'm here to bring you a message of real hope and encouragement as I show you through godly, scientific eyes what is amazing about the brain you have. Epigenetics show that our thoughts and perception remodels, remodels your genes. Well, you're going to have this problem because your mama had it or your daddy had it. 
your daddy had the high this and the low this, and they had the problem with the heart and the kidneys, and they had this and had all that, so you can just expect it. Epigenetics show that your thoughts and perceptions remodels your genes and not the other way around. The reality of the scripture, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, begins to hit home. Epigenetics shows us the power of your thought life and how it affects who we are. A phenomenal discovery is that our genes can be switched on and off by the thoughts that we choose to meditate on. And that's Caroline Lee's book, How to Switch On and Off the Brain. So you can switch these genes on or off depending on what you're meditating on. This has changed the conventional understanding that our genes control and determine who we are and what we become. Recent research displays the myth that your genes shape you. This is incorrect. Thoughts affect which genes are switched on. And therefore, you are shaping your own genes. That means that we are not, nor have we ever been victims of your biology. Hmm. The implications of this are obvious. We need to start taking responsibility for your choices and your health. You no longer have an excuse to submit to disease because you can rise above it and overcome it. In the day of being a victim to what the world throws at you has now come to an end. Although you may not be able to control your circumstances all the time, you can control how it affects your brain by changing the way that you react to your circumstances. Hosea 4, 6, God said, my people are perishing for a lack of knowledge. People are literally dying because they do not know how to use their brains properly. Um, I think I started a subject I didn't finish a while ago. So I was talking to a physician this week and uh, where I uh, where I go to, and he said, uh, all this stuff with the media going on and with the coronavirus, he says, one of my patients, I don't know if it was her daughter or her niece, uh, so they went down to, I don't know if it was Shelby or UAB, and of course she was already terrified just watching the news, and she had, these, she had some symptoms in the body, and he was telling me uh, Thursday, he said, uh, he said, uh, so they was doing the test for the corona, and, and she, uh, that's, that's all she talked about. You know, she was terrified she was going to get this disease. And all of a sudden, she started having symptoms, so she called, and they said, bring her on to a certain place, however they tested her. And it takes 24 to 48 hours, I guess, to get the results back. She died before the results came back. And, and what she had was a mild case of flu. Her funeral was yesterday. Oh, she was 32. What killed her? Fear. Fear. They do not, so people are dying because they're not using their brains properly. They don't know that they're destroying their intellectual, emotional, and physical health with toxic thoughts. 87% of diseases are the result of what go, what's going on in your thought life. It's necessary for me to briefly explain to you how your brain works, how thoughts form and how they become toxic to the leading of the development of disease in your body. 
You have to understand the principle of how your brain works so that we can learn how to think properly. We have to have a clear knowledge of how the brain works and visualize it so you can control your thought life so much more effectively. You don't have to, you don't have to think on whatever toxic thought pops into your head. Because with God's grace and the Holy Spirit, you can purposely choose to think right thoughts. Isn't that right? You can use your thoughts to, to, uh, to your advantage by making your thoughts life-giving instead of life-threatening. You can use your amazing brain to help your body heal as well as the present disease in your life. Now, this is subtitled, A Few Amazing Facts About Your Brain. It says, firstly, the right side of your brain controls the left side of your body. Similarly, the left side of your brain controls the left side of your body. Therefore, only the left-handed people are in the right minds, which I'm left-handed. I've always kid about that. And she, and she, and she puts, she puts just, just joking. She said, but if you put your two fists together, this is the size of your brain, your two fists. That's, that's your whole brain out there. This, now, this is going to get really amazing. Watch here. This is the size of your brain, two fists. Many people believe that as you grow older, your brain degenerates and your nerve cells die. This is not true. The truth is the brain is the only organ in your body that never ages. It matures. It matures. The quality of the information of memory stored in your brain depends on the quality of your thought life. If you're meditating on thoughts of fear, anxiety, Self-hatred, low self-esteem, rejection, guilt, condemnation, bitterness, unforgiveness, anger, rage, resentment, so forth. Your brain is now full of toxic memories that are making you sick. Now we're going to get into another picture. This is the actual slide of what all the nerves look like in your brain. You can see, uh, whenever you're ready, you can see that it looks like a forest of trees. I'm referring to the nerves as the trees of the mind. It looks like trees, doesn't it? But this is the nerves in your brain. I'm referring to the nerves as the tree of the mind. The dark patch of the bottom, on, on the bottom part, represents this is strong memory that has lots of branches. It says up here on the top right corner, nerves in the brain with only a few branches that are weak, I have poor memories. It's like they have few leaves or something, looks like. On the bottom, the nerve looks very dark and thick because it has lots of branches. This is a very strong memory. This is what intelligence looks like. The more densely organized the branches on the nerve, the more connected and intelligent the memory is. The strong memory can be a very good memory of information that can use to enhance your life. It also can be a bad toxic memory, which the Bible calls a negative stronghold in 2 Corinthians 10.5. If you meditate on toxic thoughts, toxic memories are physically built into the, your nerve networks into your brain, making it real, real leafy. I realize all of you may not be interested in this, but uh, it's for whoever it is, I guess. Um, memory is the information stored on the branch of your nerves. As you continue to meditate on a particular thought, more, more branches will grow. 
I mean, y'all always wondered why, you know, Psalms 1, he says, meditate on the word day and night. If you meditate on you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water whose leaf will not, you know. You, 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 you go over to Joshua chapter 1. I mean, how many would like to have taken over Moses' position? I would not have. I mean, it would have been cool to, you know, do the Red Sea and put it in my sick and say, watch it. Boom. But Moses kind of had to hang out with a bunch of whinies, didn't he? I mean, two and a half thumb-sucking pinheads for... <laughs> I mean, but that was, his, that was his assignment. And here we see that he said the memory stored on the branch of the nerves. The more, uh, she says, uh, as you can begin to meditate on a particular thought, like God told Joshua when he was the predecessor of Moses. And I, I often thought about, this is all he needs to know. There's two and a half million people here to take you to promised land. And the, and the information you told him, he said, no man will be able to stand before you all days of your life as, as, as I was with most, so I will be with you. Only to be strong and very courageous that I may deserve to do all that's written therein. And he tells him to meditate like most did in the word day and night. And if you, and if you meditate in the word day and night, you will, you will cause yourself to prosper. And that's, that's what I need to know to take Moses' place. What does God know about meditation and constant reinforcing thoughts? The science is just figuring out, you know, the Bible could be true. <laughs> Shazam, who knew, who, who knew, Gomer? <laughs> now, now watch here. The more branches that you have on a particular nerve, the stronger and more intelligent the memory is. Now, here's something that's amazing. Your brain, your brain. See, what I realize when I talk to you today, it's a little humbling, but I'm not... Well, it always is in that sense that God uses me for anything like this. But when I, when, when I begin to research this, I realize I, I would be talking to geniuses today. Everyone in here is a genius. It's a little intimidating, but then I realized I was too. <laughs> so it's okay. So, but, so Here's why I said that. Your brain performs 400 billion actions per second. of which you are conscious of 2,000 of them per second. This goes to show you how incredibly intricate and complicated God created us, which is Psalms 139.14, which says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you and I was formed in secret and I am intricately and curiously wrought as you, as if I was embroidered with various colors in the depths of the earth. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. After studying, she says, the human body, I have come to the conclusion that the designer is incredibly awesome, God. Those of you who are mechanical, think, think, can you think mechanical? Imagine building a machine that performs 400 billion actions per second. With everything happening in precisely the right order, at precisely the right time, 
within a fraction of a nanosecond. Part of those 400 billion actions per second is growing branches on the nerves where your memory is stored. The average human brain has 100 billion nerves. T-fist is the brain. Each nerve can grow between 15,000 to 200,000 branches. Now she said this is an enormous amount to give you a more tangible understanding of how much information 15 to 200,000 branches is. You can fit the knowledge of an entire subject. She calls it the A-level subject. Just pick some subject and exhaust the knowledge of it on one nerve. One nerve can handle that. Therefore, if you did four level subjects, you're, you're going to use four nerves. Four nerves. Neuroscientists have calculated that the total amount of storage space that you have sitting here this morning for information that you have in your brain is enough for you to live 300 million years and not use it up. She says, we have concluded that God has given you a decent brain. <laughs> you have the infinite capacity for learning. You, could, you will never in your lifetime ever run out of storage for new information. God made you in his image. You have the, you have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16. Never again can you turn around and say that you're stupid or think that you don't have a great mind. You have an amazing brain. And many people believe that you're not intelligent, but that is a lie that the devil would like you to believe. The truth is that every single person is gifted and God gave you an incredible brain and all you need to do is find out how to use it. Many of us are not getting the full potential of the brain because we don't know how to use it correctly. According to Dr. Leaf, these are kind of st sad statistics, 95% of people worldwide do not know how to use their brain. They don't know how to think properly. Only 5% of, only, only of, of the population of the world use their brain correctly. Of that 5%, 3.5% will go on to, foreign, to some form of territory, territory education. Of that 3.5%, only 1% successfully complete the education. They're going to be prosperous and successful financially, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Therefore, according to these statistics, 99% of people are not going to use their brain correctly. However, according to the latest medical research, it should be the other way around, that only 3 to 5% of people have genuine underlying diseases or problems in the brain that prevents them from developing their brain. So they've had some people have some diseases that hasn't worked as well, uh, but they're finding ways to, uh, to improve that. She said, I mentioned earlier that you have three million years worth of space in your brain. I don't know how much of your brain that you're actually using, but if you haven't been thinking properly, you're only using about 0.001% of your brain for intellectual performances. Most people don't use more than 6 to 8% of their brain in their entire lifetime. However, what, what this boils down to is not how much of your brain you're using, but how you are building the information on the nerve cells. In other words, what type of memories? Can I go a little further? 
Are y'all sure? Yeah. I don't want to lose you because I'm information from the. Uh, I played T.D. Jakes so we could we could deal like that a little bit <laughs> on because it was good. Amen. But but sometimes we just need to know something, right? Information from the external world comes into your mind through your five senses, which is sight, hearing, touch, smell, and taste. Your five senses are the contact between the eternal world and the uh, the external world and the internal world. Your five senses are. Information from your senses come in, for example, through your eyes, your ears, as light waves and sound waves. The light and sound waves now are converted into an electrical current which travels into, through the nerves in your brain. The electrical current is the thoughts and images in your mind. We think of our mind and thoughts as seeing something out there, but your thoughts are physically in your brain in the form of millions of chemical reactions and electrical current that travels along the nerves in your brain. Your mind is physically in your brain. Now, once the information enters the brain in the form of electrical current, it travels through various areas which reaches your free will. Science has discovered an actual physical structure in your brain, which is your free will. We have that picture. It is situated at the front of the corpus callosum. It's the, um, it's the, the center looks like a sausage. It's, can you see on my thing? I got a little bit of yellow highlight. Yeah, there you go. That's your free will. We just thought we had, it was an attitude. I ain't going to do that. <laughs> hmm? <clears throat> well, so your mind is physically in your brain. Um, your free will. Science has discovered the actual physical structure in your brain, which is your free will. It is situated at the front of the corpus callosum. The corpus callosum is the sausage-shaped area of your brain that you use to think, to meditate on, and analyze the information. At the free will is where you decide to accept or reject a thought. For example, you say that, for example, let's say that a man struggles with lust. He sees a good-looking woman, the information comes in through his eyes as light waves, and then converted into an electrical current in the nerves of the brain. Or this could be a woman, you know, say that's some man candy or whatever. I don't know. Just, it ain't got to be a man, praise the Lord. There's <laughs> some good, some of us out here pretty good. Anyway. The information is now in the form of a thought. Your free will, they're right there that you're looking at. Your free will now has a choice. Is it going to allow your brain to meditate on that lustful thought of the woman, or is your free will going to reject it? If you make a decision with your free will to reject that thought before you meditate or think upon it, this information will literally become scientifically what we call hot air. Therefore, that thought will not penetrate on your mind any further. The corpus callosum is activated on the direction of your free will. If you make a decision of your free will to accept that, that lustful thought and meditate upon it, 
Immediately, your corpus colossum will shift into high gear and will start to think and fantasize about that woman. As the corpus colossum is meditating on these thoughts, now chemicals will carry the information shoot to the trees of the mind, which are situated in the cortex of your brain, and they will begin to build memory. She said, remember, I explained earlier that you build memory by growing branches on your nerves. Therefore, while you're meditating on the lustful thought and fantasizing about the woman, you are building a memory or a tree of lust in your brain through a process called protein synthesis. The more you meditate on the thought, the more branches you will grow in the tree of lust and the stronger the memory will become. I just got a little bit more. I don't want to lose you. I know this is real. This is different, but. All right. The next page, we should have some more pictures. You also build good memories by the same process. Let's say, for example, you sit and you study the word of God. Here's what happens. The information comes through your eyes. If you're reading the Bible or your ears, if you're listening to a sermon, it enters into the brain in the form of light and sound waves. These, the light and sound waves are now converted into electrical current in the nerves of your brain. That information is now in the form of a thought. When that thought reaches your free will, you decide whether or not you're going to meditate on that thought. If you are feeling lazy and you don't feel like putting in the effort to think on the thought from the Word of God, you will make a decision from your free will to reject that thought, which will then become hot air. Therefore, which gives me so many scriptures, but I won't take time. Therefore, that information does not further penetrate your brain. But on the other hand, if you make a decision of your free will to entertain that thought from the word of God, the corpus callosum will now shift into a high gear and will begin to meditate on that thought. While you're meditating on the word of God, chemicals carrying the information shoot into the cortex of your brain where the trees of your mind are located, and they will begin to build memory through the process of protein synthesis. The more you meditate on the scripture from the word, the more branches you'll build on the tree, and the stronger that memory in your brain, in your mind, or in your mind becomes. In summary, if you reject a thought by a decision of your free will, it will literally become hot air and it will not penetrate your brain any further. If you choose to think on that information, you will now shift it onto every nerve branch in the tree of your mind, and you will build memory. Good thoughts result in the building of good memory. Negative thoughts result in the building of bad, toxic memory. Every single thought, whether positive or toxic, goes through the same cycle when when it forms. The only difference is that the thoughts release different quantities of chemicals. Depending on what kind of thought it is, positive, negative, it will have a different uh, structure caused by those chemicals. As a result, memories that are built from negative thoughts look very different to a positive, healthy memory. When you meditate on the Word and you think what's true, pure, loving, good report, praiseworthy, a positive memory is built on the brain, and the memory will look like a lust tree. 
So while you're meditating on a thought, you're building memory, and you are experiencing information. Two minutes. The, the emotion is also physically stored in your brain in the form of chemicals that are housed in the area of the brain called the in the system. You interpret that, okay. Depending on what you think about, you're either building healthy lust trees in your brain, which are good memories, or you're building toxic thorn trees, which are negative strongholds. Every time you think on a thought, those pre-existing memories in your brain are reactivated. For example, say that you have a pre-existing memory in your brain, which is a toxic thought, thorn tree of bitterness towards your mother-in-law, perhaps. At this moment, you begin to meditate again on the thought concerning how she has wronged you and your unforgiveness towards her. While you are busy meditating on your unforgiveness, you are building more branches on the thorn tree of bitterness in your brain, thus reinforcing it and making it stronger. Also, while meditating on that forgiveness, the hypothalamus secretes chemicals that shoot into the trees of your mind where all your pre-existing memories are located. These chemicals generate a wave of electricity and they pass through the trees of your mind. We'll call this the breeze through the trees, which is termed, coined by Dr. Leaf, the breeze through the trees that activates the pre-existing memory or thorn tree of bitterness towards your mother-in-law, bringing those pre-existing thoughts into your conscious mind. When the thorn tree, and I'll just have to stop here. When the thorn tree is reactivated, the thorns on the tree secrete toxic chemicals that begin to make you sick. In our example of bitterness towards your mother-in-law, the toxic chemicals will set in motion a sequence of chemical and hormonal reactions that will lead to breast cancer, perhaps. A thorn tree of fear and anxiety will release toxic chemicals and can lead to over 100 incurable diseases. And she lists many of them. Well, that, that, that's a lot of information, and I realize that. It looks like we're kind of complex, don't we? Amen. Now, she used a mother-in-law's example. <clears throat> I had a really good, wonder, wonderful mother-in-law. She's in heaven, and her two children are here this morning. And she always told me, one thing, and the last words to me was one thing she always told me. I remember when I was in the hospital with her, the last time I was with her, and she, she said this to me quite often. She said, <clears throat> and it was the last time I spoke to her. I mean, I didn't know that, you know, she would pass the next day. So he was in the hospital with her, and I got ready to leave, and, and told her goodbye, and I loved her, and I got to the door, and she said, Hey, Eric. I looked. I said, she said, you still my favorite son-in-law. I said, I know. And then I knew it was coming, so I reached the door. And she said, hey, Eric. She said, and you my only son-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> I like, could you have one more? <laughs> I remember. I said, well, when you <clears throat> get it that good, you don't have to have any more. Praise God. 87% to 95% of all diseases and sickness in our body is because of our thought life. Never realizing how complex God made the brain. <clears throat> how, how many of you ever had a pain in your 
Some in your body, of course, that's obviously right. Have you ever hurt in your, your knee, your leg, your foot, your back, whatever? And, it, and it, it, it hurts there, right? But that's not where your pain, that's not where you feel the pain. The pain is in your brain. So uh, we spend the, the uh, last year, we spent uh, in the world just on people with mental illnesses and anti-depression, uh, statin drugs, you might say, a half a trillion dollars to go to the brain to try to shut off some of that stuff so that you don't deal with the anxiety or the pain or the whatever. Of course, the side effects. I mean, you, you watch these commercials at night, you know, that they're saying, you know, this, this could help you with whatever. Y'all see them commercials, right? Then down there, and, and, and they have to tell you the disclaimer about it. However, this could cause me. And I was thinking, man. I was thinking, uh, you could, if, if you're having thoughts of suicide or, you know, cutting your head off with a butcher knife or anything like that, this may not be the medicine for you. I mean, a lot of times the side effects are worse than what you're dealing with, right? But we spent a half a trillion dollars last year to pump chemicals into our body, trying to get to the nerves of our body to, you know, quiet down so that we don't deal with the, the, the mental, emotional part that a lot of times is causing the stress and the pain in our life. Hmm. And Proverbs 4, 20-22 said, My son... Give attention to my word. Incline your ear to my sayings. For my words are life and to those that find them and health. Good Bible, a good margin. The Bible says medicine to all of your, all of your flesh. Then it goes on and tells you, he says, but guard your heart. Huh? Why do we need to guard our heart? We can see why we need to guard our heart. So this is, this is scientific telling us what God's been just telling us, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Put off the old man and put on the new man. Put on the new man who is created in righteousness and holiness and peace, right? Peace to whose mind is stayed on thee. Well, so we say, amen, praise the Lord, hallelujah. That's fun. I'm just telling you why it works. God put a brain like this that says, you have 400 billion cells right there. Woo. I mean, how many like me, to be honest with you, you didn't know you had a free will between your two fists and your brain. I mean, I, I didn't know that. I just, mama just called that. She says, she, mama, I said, well, I, don't, I don't like that. She says, she says, you got about two seconds to change your attitude or I'll do it. <laughs> now, you know, I know we don't raise kids. They don't, they don't raise kids like that anymore. But some of y'all are about as old as me and your mama did. Like I always said, my mama didn't count. I mean, I, I, I'm always going through these stores, and they're like, now, now, now you put that sucker back down, and I get that. Well, if I'd have done it, my mama, she didn't wait till I got home to deal with me. Right there in the grocery store, right in the aisle. I don't know if we had DHR back then, but then she'd still be serving time if she wasn't in heaven. Praise the Lord. When she said do it, she didn't count one, two, three, four, five. If she got to two, it's over, man. You just. You want to be buried on the left side of the yard or the right side of the yard? <laughs> My mama knew something about the nerves of the brain. 
went up here and I was against her, she knew that I had nerves in my rear end. That if she got to them long enough, hard enough, or low enough, it could change my free will. I didn't have no idea the science behind this thing. <laughs> they said, well, you can't discipline children, we're told now, because we found out that it warps their personality. Well, I had the most warped personality of anybody that you ever met in your life. Praise the Lord. Because we lived in 20 acres of woods. And they sweet gum, they oak trees, they hickory, they all kind of stuff. You know, you know rope, well, whew, praise the Lord. They put up all that kind of stuff. Hallelujah. And I asked her one day, I said, my wife, you know, I said, not, not, not everyone does all this. I said, why, why are you so strict? Why are you so this? Why, I mean, when you say something, you want me to do it just right now. I mean, I, I mean I've got to jump. She says, I, she says, because I love you. She said, because if I count to you 5, 10, 15, 20, and I teach you to obey slow, she said, then, then she said, it'll get you in trouble. Then one day when God tells you to do something, you're going to wait for him to count to 20. And you're going to obey him slow, and it's going to get you in a lot of trouble. I don't want you getting in trouble. Because I've taught you how to, well, we'll get around to it. So I always said, like, I, I always thought, because we, we got a society of people who don't want to read nothing. I don't like to read I didn't need it. I hated it. I hated reading all my life. When I knew I was called in the ministry, I thought, man, this is going to be an issue. Because I'm thinking you're going to need to read. <laughs> I mean, that was my first thought. And so we you know what I did? I said, well, you ever seen Andy Griffith shows where Aunt B made them pickles and took them to the county fair? How many of y'all saw that one? You remember the end of it? Because they... <laughs> Uh, what they say, it, t- it takes like they were dipped in what? Yeah, y'all seen that same show over and over and over again. <laughs> so at the end, Andy told Barney, he says, we're just going to have to learn to love him. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided if I'm going to ministry, I, I decided I'm going to have to read. I have hundreds, if not a thousands of books in my, in, in my home. Praise the Lord. And, and, and I decided that I would learn. 